Welcome to the Long-Term Care Chronicles podcast. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Doris Greenspoon, who is the CEO of the Registered Nursing Association of Ontario. And this is in regards to the announcements that were made by the government, as well as the Nursing Home Basic Care Guarantee. So thank you for coming on to the Long-Term Care Chronicles, uh, Doris Greenspan, and to speak in regards to with the initiatives that the government um, has proposed and um, as well as what the RNAO as well has proposed. So in the last uh, couple of weeks, there has been two major announcements by the government as well as your initial um, firm, the RNAO, the uh, Nursing Home Basic Care Guarantee, in addition to the reunification on July um, 15th. So I guess at first we'll talk uh, in regards to um, on July 29th, the government had indicated that there was going to be a commission. Now, do we really need to have a commission? Is there not enough information available to the government to make an informed decision in regards to long-term care? So at the beginning, when the first announcement came that it would be in September, we did say that we that we would support the commission and it needed to be right away in July and not in September uh, because we don't have time to wait. Uh, what happened sub- subsequently is that RNO conducted its own analysis of how many reports have been out there. And it turns out, and we did put a report of reports, what I call, um, that is 35 reports in 21 years. So you have government after government, premier after premier, minister of health after minister of health, issuing uh, commissions or inquiries or inquests, uh, two of them which we called, we call for the SARS um, public inquiry, and we also call for the last one of, of Justice Kelly's. But right now, uh, we don't need any more uh, for several reasons to differ from what happened with the, 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 the public inquiry of Justice Kelly's or SARS. And is that back then we didn't know really what had happened enough. Uh, this time we absolutely know what has happened. We know that it was lack of PPE and that because of lack of PPE, we asked the families to stay out uh, so that we can protect their loved ones. We know that healthcare workers um, were in tremendous shortage going into the pandemic and they were even worse than right away after the pandemic, especially in homes with an outbreak because some simply did not come to work because uh, they could compromise uh, their own health or their families and some got ill. And as you know, uh, as tragically, uh, eight healthcare workers in nursing homes actually died. So it was not just imagination that they were afraid. In addition to that, then we ask healthcare workers to work only one facility, which of course left facility two and three without healthcare workers. And we didn't have enough testing and we didn't, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we call for doing testing before an outbreak, it happened after an outbreak. So we know enough. I mean, you read the blogs of RNO and you will have anything that the, that the commission will put. The same as you look at the reports of RNO or other reports, and you will have also what 
the second report from government on July 30th uh, recommended in terms of staffing. We know all of that. So what we need now desperately, and that's why we do not want this commission, is action. And we are very afraid that the commission only will distract from the action. And the action, in fact, needs to happen now in August. In August, we must actually move into aggressive hiring of PSWs to work in one facility only. We must uh, hire RNs, we must hire RPNs, we must hire um, nurse practitioners. We have 60 homes that each has a nurse practitioner, the rest don't have, and we know they do better. We must hire the IPAC person, etc. And of course we need to secure PPE. So that's where we need to focus absolutely our energies. And that's why we, we say, no, we don't need the commission for this, uh, for COVID-19. Not at this stage. Not at I this mean, stage, yeah. There, it, the, the truth is that if the results on the second wave are, um, are as horrible as they were on the first wave, we will not be asking for a commission. We will be asking for a full public inquest because it ought not to happen to be this like the say, first wave. Because this time we need to know better. First time we were caught by surprise, maybe, although we should not have been caught by surprise because you had right, China, you had Italy, you had Spain, you had, so there was no reason to be caught by a surprise, but we started slow, very slow in Canada in general and in Ontario in particular. And hence why we ended up with 80% of all the people that we have lost in uh, Ontario are residents in nursing homes. And also the great majority of um, healthcare workers that we lost are from nursing homes. So uh, compared to, if you compare to to OECD, it's 40%, which is horrific too. Uh, But 40% is not 80%. Both are horrific. But there was no reason, given that we had all the history before us that had happened in Italy, Spain, etc., that we uh, should have been at 80% in Ontario. So if in the in the fall, fall winter, we will have those disastrous results, uh, will be devastating, devastating for residents, devastating for families, devastating for the staff that work there. So stay tuned. We will see what we will be. We hope it will not be. We we absolutely don't want it to no. be that way. But given that there is very little lack of movement, except of announcing new homes and new homes and new homes for 18 months from now, uh, which I don't know from where they will get the staffing, given that yeah. they have not even announced improvement in staffing for the current homes. Uh, that's why we are so afraid and why you see us so active uh, in the media, in action alerts, uh, the www at rno.ca action alert is still going on and it now says start the hiring in August. Absolutely. And then for the second announcement that they made on July 30th for their um, long-term care um, staffing st- study. Now, you the RNAO has already indicated the uh, nursing home um, basic care guarantee. Now, what the government had indicated was just only the four hours. Your guarantee indicated how those four hours should be then implemented. Is that correct? Yes. And how so that... So the government, 
let's let's let me let me clarify for okay. you. Uh, the government has not announced anything. It's more serious than that. Uh, the report recommends four working hours. So it's not four hours, four working hours, which means vacation, sick time is not included. So that's very good because that's what we are asking for working hours, not for paid hours. Okay. The difference. Uh, the government has not even acknowledged that. Uh, Premier Ford in a recent interview, and I was uh, shocked, quite frankly, because he had committed that he will fix this problem. And fixing this problem, problem means fixing it so that we don't have tragedy in a second wave, at the very least, right? At the very least, and then forever after. Uh, the, the Premier Fortin, Minister Fullerton have not committed to anything there. Uh, and the four working hours cannot be all PSWs because then you will not have the expertise that is required. You are correct. So what we are asking in the nursing home basic care guarantees, four hours, uh, working hours, of which 48 minutes is an RN. So 48 minutes in 24 hours, okay? Like not even an hour we're asking. Give us 48 minutes in 24 hours for an RN per resident, 60 minutes of an RPN, again, in 24 hours, and then 2.2 hours, which is 132 minutes of a PSW per 24 hours per resident. And then you will start to have what we call safe care and quality of life. It will not be perfect because for working hours is not... We likely what we need is five, yeah. you know, yeah, but absolutely. four working hours at least will bring us to a bit better situation than now, both for residents, for their families and for uh, the staff that work there. And alongside with that, we are saying uh, that they need to work full time, the PLSWs in one place and not be hoping in three places, not by choice of their own, but because that's what they are offered. Yes. Uh, only casual precarious work, many without benefit, which is a disaster, right? And pay everybody what you're paying in hospitals. That's right. Residents in nursing homes are in many instances more complex than the type of patients that are some this sometimes in a hospital. And in a hospital they are for a few days. So the knowledge and skills you require is immense. The expertise you require is immense. So if we want to retain people, offer full-time work and with the pay that is parallel to uh, the hospital sector. Absolutely, absolutely. So hopefully the government can be able to start that hiring this uh, in August to get that uh, moving forward. Now, with Well, the, we are demanding that yes. the hiring, not hopefully, we are demanding that the hiring start in August. Otherwise, I am not sure how we will manage in the fall. So People are exhausted. Don't forget, yeah. on top of everything, people are exhausted. So the short staffing has not improved, has only gotten worse. And on top of that, people are exhausted and they're fearful. And what we need is to alleviate both the exhaustion, the fear, and, um, I mean, to start to staff the homes in the, in the way that these residents are deserve. For absolutely, and then in, with your the July fifteenth, you gave um, 
a step, five-step uh, procedure as to how to integrate family caregivers back into um, the long-term care homes. Can you go over those five steps as to what that should look like? Yes, and let me explain why first. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we all thought at the beginning that by keeping families out, we will protect residents, but very soon after we realized that was not the case, way before the horror stories of the armed forces, um, of the Canadian armed forces, and it lasted to this day, because even today, not everybody can go, and if they go in some homes, they can go only once a week. Uh, In some homes, they cannot even hug or kiss their loved ones. That's not what we call family reunification. So let me first tell you that we are asking that family reunification through uh, essential caregivers, so through through families as as essential caregivers, um, be both in the homes without an outbreak and in the homes with an outbreak. Because in the homes with an outbreak, those residents require as much, if not more, a family caregiver and their love next to them. Uh, Those residents, a large percentage of residents in nursing homes, just by the age they join a nursing home today, require um, a lot of help because for once they're much slower because of age. Uh, Second, many have a cognitive decline, dementia, Alzheimer's, and what you need when you are helping or working uh, both as a family and as a staff with persons with with cognitive decline and persons that are slower uh, and persons that don't hear as well uh, is not to scream, but actually to slow down, to be more calm, to be very, very, very caring. Uh, It takes much more time to uh, take a sip of water than for you or I. So you need time. Time is the biggest commodity uh, and the most important factor in addition to a caring attitude, expertise, to know that you cannot give laying down liquids but sitting expertise to know how well that resident can swallow or not. Sometimes even if they're sitting, you shouldn't be giving them liquid. You should be giving a different type of texture. So you need the expertise of an RN to at least assess. That's why we're asking the 48 minutes for an RN in 24 hours to assess the wounds, if they have pressure injuries to prevent wounds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the same with an RPN for 60 minutes. And for the PSWs also to be better trained. And you can only do that if they are working in one facility. Otherwise, in every facility, it's a different story. And of course, the love of the family cannot be replaced by anyone because that's what gives them the desire, the spark, the will to live. That's right. right? That's right. Picture you or I. Mm-hmm. You don't need to even picture a resident in a nursing home. And think if you are, you know, towards the later stage of life, if you are deprived of that love, which includes the physical, includes the looking at, yeah. because not always they can process cognitively as well as, as you or I. So that's why the family reunification 
is as important in nursing homes with a, an outbreak than without an outbreak. And, and we have done only so far the ones without an outbreak, and even those are limited at this point. Let me share with you about the five steps that okay. we propose in the reuniting Perfect. families with long-term care residents. So uh, number one, each home should identify three. We are saying three essential family care partners. And we are saying three. Um, there are two differences in what the government said and what we said. Um, there are many differences, mm -hmm. but on these particular aspects first. They are saying two. We are saying three. They are saying two at one time. We are saying no more than one at one time. Okay. Why? I will tell you why. Because just picture if the three go together, the three that we say, or the two, they start to talk with one another instead of with the resident. We are doing this for the resident and for that family member. So one, one essential family care partner, ECPF, at the time, and for and then you will have the three that can alternate. That's good for the resident, right? That's right. That's good for the families that can see the resident if there are three people that mm -hmm. can and are available to come, right? Yes. I mean, that doesn't prevent from being only one, but it allows more flexibility. And one at a time, so they're interacting with the resident, not with one another only. Yes. And we are saying uh, that they need to be identified by the home and the family. But at the end of the day, it is it, it ideally is mutually agreeable, but at the end of the day, it's the decision of the family or the resident, if the yes. resident has lived their wishes of who is their priority. Uh, step two, uh, we are saying that um, the home uh, needs to augment current internal policies to accommodate for it, or do new policies, that's up to the home. Because um, we are saying that the homes need to um, identify in those policies, what is it that they are doing, right? What is yes. it, who are the family members, their roles, right? That's right? In terms of supporting, helping with the bathing, maybe helping with the toileting, helping with etc. right? So that the homes will, uh, um, supported and that the homes also will um, the step three is that the homes will provide a formal identification you know mm -hmm. like my arrangement here that's right essential family caregiver identification why that is important is because it is important for staff to know that whoever is coming is actually an essential family that's caregiver right. and not anyone coming is allowed to be there with, exactly. you know, that, that, that's for safety reasons also. Um, and that they will provide also information and education regarding PPE, right? Mm -hmm. So they will be teaching you the donning and doffing of PPE, how to do that, uh, insisting that washing hands is critical, um, ensuring that you keep physical distance from other residents that you don't mingle with them, and from other family care members. Yes. Because you don't want one 
essential family caregiver to be talking with the other essential family caregiver or all gathering in the hallway to talk about how good or not good the home is doing. You know, mm-hmm. they, they want to talk about the home, do it outside of the of the hours that you're supposed to be there with your family member because that's what you're there for. Yes. And because keeping the physical distance is very important to not, you know, fasten outbreaks, etc. And then step um, four uh, is, um, is the documentation of presence, right? In, that you are obliged to leave in case that there is contact uh, tracing that, they need, yeah. that the, the home needs to do. Now, with the new app, that will be facilitated, but nonetheless, that is very, very important. And uh, we are also saying that the family caregiver can be there as many days of the week for as long as you want, one at a time. One of those three, one at a time. So that's very important too. And uh, the last step is, of course, adequate PPE, which we are um, concerned given what happened in the first round. And we don't want that if a family comes and they forgot their PPE and, you know, all of a sudden they're told, sorry you cannot come in, but that there is PPE. Or if you brought a PPE that is not appropriate, that it falls and it's not, you know, uh, we wanted to have the proper PPE. So we are saying um, that the home needs to have the adequate PPE. The government needs to ensure that the homes have the adequate PPE and that you are allowed to touch, kiss, hug, et cetera. with with your family member, of course, not not mingle with others. Exactly. So so it's pretty simple, um, and we believe it's pretty safe. Um, Will we have more outbreaks? It could be. It could be. But will we have less death? Likely we will. Yeah. You see what I mean? We are now, RNO is thinking more about the quality of life and the quality of life for both is not only the residents we have seen suffer enormously. Yes. Cruelty, cruel, cruel. Not cruel because they suffer cruel, cruel because they are by themselves. That's right. Many times. But the family members also are suffering a lot. So uh, we, we, you and I know of people, 94, Absolutely. every minute counts. For that daughter, for that son, for that spouse. That's right. Every minute counts. So the resident suffers and the family member suffers. And many residents don't know why the family member is not coming. Are you upset with us? You don't want to show up? What's going on? Um, You know, again, on the first wave at the beginning, I believe that it was because we will protect our family members. But when I realized that PPE was not being given to to their workers, let alone to the families, to the workers, uh, that's when um, we felt at RNO a deep sense of letdown, a deep sense of sorrow for what was coming because we saw that many would die. We alerted the government. I wrote in my blog, people can look at the blog. It's called... RNO Doris, D-O-R-I-S, blog. Okay. And they will be able to see if they there is a search function. If you put L- LTC, 
long-term care, you will see so much if you see about families so much. Uh, and that's why now we're saying, no, we do not support locking down residents and leaving the families out any longer, even if there is an outbreak, even yes. in homes with an outbreak. Because this pandemic will be with us. I know Dr. Tam had in indicated that yesterday, that uh, there'll this will be with us for some time, could be two to three years. So we need to have... Uh, I don't know if two to three years. I mean, she knows yeah. obviously better than me, but till 2022, on and off, yes. And in the fall, I mean, look what's happening already in Spain and other countries, um, Middle East, etc. You know, they are on the, They never left the first wave. They left it kind of, they slowed down, yes. right? But it was always there. So again, residents, uh, every minute counts and for their families too. And, and the reality is that for staff in the nursing homes, families are welcome for frontline staff, I don't know of any frontline staff that wants to leave the families out. And how has that been for your membership to know what they have seen in the last four to five months in terms of their residents, seeing the decline and that impact? And then how do they process that? You know, and then if there's this second wave that's coming up, which will only, you know, indicate, increase that even more so. How, how, do, how does your membership be able to... Um, Tragic. Yeah. Tragic. If you speak with many of our um, RNs and, our, and, uh, and uh, nurse practitioners, and many, I will tell you in a minute, also our PNSPSWs, they cry. They cry. Yeah. They simply, if you talk more than five minutes, they're crying. Uh, listen, I don't work in a nursing home, and I couldn't go to sleep. Time. Yes, exactly. Because I, I could picture what was happening there. And I could picture the residents lonely, uh, in the best of case, lonely, mm -hmm. in the worst of case, abandoned because there were simply not enough staff there. Um, I could picture the families. I, I could very well put myself in their shoes because I have had family members in, in nursing homes of, um, and, and um, yeah. Yeah, it, many it's hours just, of yeah. sleep lost and many tears shed. Absolutely, because it is quite devastating to be able to witness that. It's not an easy thing to see I or would, go through. I would, I would suggest that the only thing that their commission will uncover if they have the, the, the integrity to say it is that they will uncover PTSD amongst many, many, many workers and family members. Too. Yes. And residents, needless to say. Yeah, because their time in long-term care is anywhere from at least 18 months that they have. So yes, you're right. Time is extremely precious to them and to their loved ones to be able to be there to support them uh, and to provide the care that they need because they don't want to know that they're, they die lonely, that there's nobody there to even hold their hand, right? That's why I am saying... With these five steps, we should be able to reopen. We should have been able to reopen before, but every minute counts. We, we must reopen for nursing homes that are free of an outbreak and with an outbreak. Is RNO promising we will have less outbreaks? No. But we are promising we will have less death and less lonely death for sure. 
Yes, absolutely. So much, much better quality of life and likely a lower rate of death than if we keep the families out. That doesn't replace the staffing that I no. spoke with you before. We need to move with hiring immediately. It's, an, it's, it's two parallel tracks that both are necessary. Yes. One provides the professional care. The other provides the family love that cannot be replaced ever to keep the spark going, the life, the, the will to live. That's right. And also they provide a hands-on care. So it's an augmentation also for staff. So it provides also for staff a peace of mind knowing that someone is with that loved one, with the resident in the in the room. So in closing, Doris, what can the families do now to further support the initiative of the RNAO to make sure that the government does hear and to implement uh, these measures that you would like to have immediately? Yeah. So first of all, we would ask uh, anyone listening or watching your program to please go to rnao.ca or to Google um, RNAO Action Alert Nursing Home Basic Care Guarantee. RNAO Action Alert Nursing Home Basic Care Guarantee. And in it, there is a letter that goes directly to the Premier and to ministers. And in that letter, you can also augment by saying, in addition, reunite families, ask per RNAO five steps, and do it now, because there is no not a second to wait. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Doris. And I really appreciate it. Just so you it. know, over 7,000 people have answered that already. Oh, wow. That's great. That's yes. great to know. That's great to know. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you for listening to today's show. And if you have any feedback or suggestions for this or any other episode, please contact us on our social media at Twitter at Family Councils and at Facebook, Family Councils Collaborative Alliance. Thank you so much and hope you enjoyed this episode.